0: Mr. Yes, pop. <laughs> Dark. And the little birds are nesting,
1: and I listen to them through. There's two lonesome people in the whole
0: wide world. That's me and the man in the moon.
2: Hello, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring fantasy flight games as Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. Today we're going to discuss what we consider to be some of the scariest treacheries to date. As such, we'll include some spoilers from all the campaigns released up to the Forgotten Age, as well as Return to the Night of the Zealot. So just anybody uh, who needs to be aware of that, you are now made aware. So we were going to kind of go into a list of all of these super spooky treacheries in not necessarily campaign-specific order, but Dan,
0: maybe you wanted to start us off? Sure, I would be happy to do that. Uh, So first, let's talk about the card Deep Dark. So this is a card from the Forgotten Age. Is this from a specific? No, this is from like multiple scenarios in the Forgotten Age. Uh, And basically what happens with this one is it goes into play next to the agenda deck. And while it's in play, no more than one clue can be discovered from each location by each investigator each round. And then it goes away at the end of the round. So it's not as immediately Mm -hmm. dangerous as some of these other cards we're going to talk about. But it slows you down a lot. And it really limits your ability to progress the scenario.
2: Yeah, so I think there are, like, I would never really want to make categories for them at this point. But, like, there are definitely some that fall under the realm of, like, killing your tempo or killing the kind of, like, cutting off resources and things versus just literally hurting you. Um, And this is definitely one of those that is way more punishing if, if you've, you know, if you're trying to get a lot of clues, if there's a lot of players in play and things like that.
0: Yeah, and we could even, I think in a couple of cases, we're going to group similar encounter cards together into kind of like a mini category. And in this case, maybe we'll kind of have Deep Dark stand in for other cards, which significantly slow down your ability to get clues. The other major one we were thinking of is Nobody's Home from uh, Threads mm-hmm. of Fate. There, there's some others like um, like Door that aren't quite as bad as these two, but um, yeah. Deep Dark is an especially bad one of, of this type.
2: Yeah,
1: I'd agree there. They're probably worse in different situations based on, like, number of players or if it, like, makes you take more tests or something.
0: And what's really brutal with this one is I think, um, isn't there something like if you have multi you can have multiple out at the same time and only one of them goes away each turn? Right. Yes. That's
2: what it says there at the bottom. Forest at the end of the round, discard one copy of Deep Dark from play, max once per round.
0: So a lot of a lot of these bad kind of like uh you know like like enchant world type encounter cards if there's you can't have more than one of them out at the same time but this one they just stack and then they go away very slowly so it can really slow things down for a long time.
2: Yeah. I mean red got a thing to kind of deal with some of the things that hang around, right? Uh what's that one card?
0: The tarot card thing?
2: Yeah, yep. The one that Mateo can play. Fate. Yeah, Alter Fate, that's what it is.
0: Well, so anything else to say about this one or I guess because this is the first one because this is the first one we're talking about, it kind of by default, we'll put it at the top of our list. And as we go on and we look at other cards, we'll kind of move it up and down as we, as we look at more cards. Seems fair. Uh, what about the next one? Um, somebody want to talk about another card?
2: Oh, man. The next card is definitely one of my favorites. It's from the Dunwich Legacy. Um, it's called Beyond the Veil. It is a hex, and it's got surge, and it is a revelation put beyond the veil into play in your threat area if there's no copy of Beyond the Veil in your threat area. And it says, forced. if the deck has no cards in it, you take uh, 10 damage and discard it. Uh, in other words, most investigators would just die straight up. Um, there are some that can, like, kind of stand uh, stand against it with a certain number of allies or whatever, but generally speaking, it's pretty bad.
0: I, I think playing Mark, I once kept someone alive through this using True Grit and, uh, like, Brother Xavier or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yep. It it, it, like, it is, it is possible, but it's not easy.
2: Yeah. Um, and then also, like, there's the other cards that kind of exacerbate the situation, like Visions of Futures. And stuff.
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, was an interesting deterrent to wanting to draw through your deck as fast as possible because we already had that with like weaknesses. But a lot of the time, it's like yeah, weakness is bad, but it's not gonna you know end the game. So this was a this is definitely a very fun mechanic from Dunwich uh, for most people where it's like oh uh, do I really need to draw more cards or. <laughs> yeah yeah uh and that's also
2: like during a time where they had a ton of card draw in seeker right like they they have both um sketches and the really really good one at four pips Hear what it's called cryptic research yeah yep so like thinking twice about putting a lot of draw in there
1: yeah i mean and as you said it combines with the other the other uh cards in its set that also make you mill your deck so that makes it a little, little little scarier and it that definitely can add some suspense to some scenarios where you're like, uh, I got Beyond the Veil and uh, like four cards left in my deck. <laughs> uh, we should probably be wrapping this up, guys. Or maybe I have to resign early, you know.
0: In some of those scenarios, yeah, if there's an opportunity to resign, you can just resign once you're down to a couple of cards rather than take your chances and just quit early, leave your teammates a little with a little bit less help. But at least you're not uh, going to get trauma. But um, in some cases, you don't even have that option. Yeah. Uh, so where does this one go on the list? I, I guess both of the ones we've talked about so far, Deep Dark and Beyond the Veil, are I would say not among the worst of the treasuries, but they're they're definitely up there. I should say um, we kind of narrowed down our list based on partly the ones that we thought were interesting and the kind of a short list of the ones that we thought were the scariest. So there's plenty of other treasuries out there that that aren't on our short list. Yeah. If you think we missed any, definitely let us know. But sorry. But so where what do we think between Beyond the Veil and Deep Dark? I think Beyond the Veil is probably
2: probably below it, I'd say at least.
0: Yeah, neither of these is super scary, but I think Deep Dark is harder to deal with.
2: Yeah, well, Deep Dark like actually strictly prohibits you from completing the game in a sense, right? Like it just like makes co- makes winning the game harder. Whereas Beyond the Veil kind of does that, but more indirectly by like depleting your resource of health, right?
1: I think Beyond the Veil is actually scarier because it actually makes you think. that you makes gives you something extra to worry about the whole game. While deep dark is just like, it slows you down. Sure. Yeah. I can see that too. uh, I don't, I don't know if it puts as much pressure on you, but
0: yeah. But at the same time, I think I'd be fine. There's a lot of scenarios, a lot of situations where beyond it's not a a realistic threat at all that you would actually mill your deck because unless the scenario lasts a long time, or you're really drawing a lot of cards or you're drawing a lot of the treacheries that uh, make you discard cards, Unless there's kind of a critical mass of those things, usually this just kind of sits there and doesn't really do anything. That's what I, that's what I thought, yeah. Or at least a lot of times that's the
2: case. But it definitely does give you something to worry about. Okay. Yeah. And it can just straight up murder you. Yeah, let's do that.
0: So is is it cool if we put it below Deep Dark or do we yeah, that sounds put good? It above? <laughs> See somehow you guys
1: okay. the next card we have on our list as uh There we go horrible Cthulhu name that you're gonna make me pronounce. I think I think it's Udmorth, uh <laughs> I, but yeah, uh Ud Mordhoth, Ud Wrath. Uh this is from the Devourer Below. Third third scenario in uh in Zealot. This is one of the cards that uh started making making people afraid of of willpower, I think. It's uh you t- test five test five willpower and then for each each point you fail by you have to discard a card from your hand or take a damage and a horror. And this obviously can
0: get very nasty. <laughs> this is uh, yeah, this is what happens in like uh um Finn and Skid's nightmares and stuff like that, is this card. Uh, yeah. uh
1: but yeah, like this is just definitely a very very thematic card. Um, as, as something that's trying to basically just drain drain the life force out of you, and it's definitely yeah yeah if you have low power or you draw uh you know tentacles uh this is this is this is scary sure. <laughs> yeah it's a really bad one shot tentacles yeah
2: it's pretty nice too.
1: Even has tentacles on the card has its little symbol, you know, just to double double it down on it.
0: But see, see, this is why um oh, what's what's that card? What's the one that's like lucky but way worse? That's like uh, you <laughs> oh, get God. to try something again um, with plus two. Is it try and try okay. again or something? Or no, I that's, that's that for another so card.
2: That's the asset. The heck, I, I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> that card. It's where that'd be really fun because you could commit that to this, or you you could play it after you fail and try it again and fail again. It could happen a couple times. Yeah, but take five
2: damage, five horror, and discard five cards.
0: Yeah, and this is also a big part of why Devour Below is such a very like difficult and nasty scenario. Is this yeah. in the deck? So oh yeah. Um, it's live and learn is what you're talking about. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There we go. And learn. This would be a real good one to live and learn on. Um, <laughs> yeah, where uh, where does this go? Does it go? So we have Deep Dark and then Beyond the Veil, or our number our number one and number two so far. Where does this fit in among those? Mm-hmm. Um, it depends how it depends on how your willpower is. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's true. I think I'm trying higher. to think back to like the first time we ever encountered each one of these cards and how how scared we were of it. Uh, versus versus how you're scared of it now. I I feel like Morholt's House was was pretty scary. Yeah, same. I agree
0: with that. I would I would definitely put this one above Beyond the Veil, and whether or not it goes above Deep Dark really depends on whether we're considering like annoying and frustrating to be fall under the category of scary.
2: I think that this one definitely defined the the one of what was one of the defining cards in the difficulty of the of the last um the devoured below you know like cuz in the progression of the gathering where that's like a kind of an easier one and then midnight masks is intermediate this is like not just hard this is like extremely hard mode like you have to beat the game like 90 times in order to unlock kind of a
0: thing that that makes sense yeah i would be fine putting this at the top for now as a representative of kind of like a, an early very scary card that was yeah. you know early in the game's history kind of a classic one Does that sound good to you too ben yeah Okay, cool. So, all right. So after three, uh, our scariest card so far is Zoom Wrath, and then Deep Dark, and then Beyond the Veil. Cool. Should I do the next one? Yeah. So the next one we put on here oh, was, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was Arrows from the Trees. And the reason that this one is, um, is we think is pretty scary. So f- I-, I guess just a quick reminder. So this is from the Forgotten Age. It shows up in most of the Forgotten Age scenarios that involve hanging out in the jungle, which is several of them. And you take one damage plus one additional damage for each ally asset you control, and then everyone else at an ancient location also has to resolve that effect. So it might not seem that scary, but most of the time people are going to play allies because there's at least one good ally available for just about any type of deck you'd want to make. So very often this is two damage. There's no way to prevent it. There's no test that you can take to prevent it or anything like that. And then on top of that, if you're at an ancient location, you're going to get hit by this even if you didn't draw it. So this just keeps popping up like there's one in the explorer deck and then there's a couple in the encounter deck people just keep trying these you just keep taking like one or two unpreventable damage and it really can stack up and make things very scary pretty fast yeah
1: yeah i agree i i think uh i think the first time we tried the first two scenarios of crown age i was playing uh larry anderson <laughs> uh who who has who has a lot of allies and uh leo. very very quickly i don't know i was not 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 leo de
0: lucas ally that's not <laughs> yeah come on come on man. well about, i wanted to point about, it
1: out i'm talking about larry anderson the <laughs> the investigator uh yeah i mean it just it's like it's like a card that negates his benefit of having all his allies because they all take a bunch of damage yeah it's really funny uh, it's really very sad i I was, I just, I think it was looking at the art of this card is the dude that has a bunch of arrows in him. Is he like bleeding like green blood or is that just like a reflection of the trees? No, he's, he's
2: like in a puddle because he's already miserable for being in the, it's just kind of trying to be the, like the epitome of how you feel playing whatever Gross arrows in the trees. Hitting, in he has
1: like five arrows in him. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
2: They might've tested it at five, take five damage for each uh,
1: ally. Is the theme of this card actually that like, cause you probably don't put that one damage on each ally. Is it like either you or one of your allies is just kind of running as a human shield in front of everyone else and getting hit by each arrow? Is it cause now <laughs> I kind of like labor. the card a little bit more. I think that might I be. I think it is. It's
0: it's supposed to be like everybody gets hit by one arrow. And if you want to be nice, you can like take the arrow for your allies or have them take it for you or something. So
2: I'm sure they have more isn't there another one similar um, where you actually have to disperse the damage among your things? There's a
0: horror one from Carcosa that's like that, that you have to spread the horror out evenly.
2: Um, yeah, that one is that one's also kind of brutal. But this one is just usually you don't want to put it on your ally, so you just like hit, you know. Like and was... I want
0: to say also, so we had this one up as kind of a representative of a couple of other cards that are like testless damage or horror. That's very, or where yeah, yeah. you have maybe some kind of alternative, but not very much. So... Hunting shadow is the one where you either have to discard a clue or take two horror um, or is it two damage? No, it's two damage. And then offer of power is an encounter card where you have to either put two doom on the agenda and draw two cards or you um, have to take two horror, I think. So in all of those cases, there's some other choice you can make, but it's an extremely bad choice that you're, either not going to make or not going to be able to make pretty frequently. So a lot of times it feels like if you draw a couple of these in a row, you're just taking a lot of damage or horror. So what do we, what do we think about this one? Where should this go among our list? I guess I don't think this is scarier than, and and I think really with this, what's scary about it isn't drawing it once. It's that you might draw it several times and other people might draw it and it might trigger on you. But even still, I don't think I would say that this is scarier than new Mordhaut's Wrath.
2: No? No, God, no, I don't think so. And what about deep dark? Is this scarier than deep dark? I think it feels about as bad as deep dark, but it's not like actually as prohibitive as deep dark. In that you don't win as hard.
0: Yeah. What about beyond the What about beyond the veil? I think it goes in the bottom right now. I don't know. Beyond
1: the veil, yeah. veil is, is is scarier. I think. This this mm-hmm. one's just kind of frustrating. I, maybe my qualification of scarier is a little bit a little bit different than what you guys are doing. But no, um, I
0: I would agree because I think that it's it's a nasty card to have in the encounter deck for a particular scenario. But just drawing one of them once doesn't feel that bad. Drawing deep dark pretty much always feels bad. Drawing a wrath always yeah, feels bad. Yeah, that's true. This is this yeah. is one that just uh, it's more about the number of times you're going to get hit by it and that you can't do anything about it
2: yeah and veil vale also surges too. I forgot about that, and you can just go straight into one of those visions of future's past or something that would just make it even worse,
0: yeah, okay, so we'll put arrows from the trees um down at number four for now so of the of the four we've seen so far, that's the one that we think is the least scary yeah uh what's the next card uh
2: so we have kidnapped here um kidnapped is one another one from uh the dunwich legacy. It is a uh, revelation it's a take a will four or agility four test, and then if you fail at an ally you Control to the pool of potential sacrifices, uh, then add it to the agenda. Then, if you have no ally assets, you take two damage and discard it instead, which is also kind of testless damage. Um, but more importantly, uh, when the uh, uh, agenda advances, you choose a potential sacrifice and place it underneath the agenda deck. Now, Um, this is all in blood on the altar there's a specific uh, mechanic that's kind of goes goes in tandem with the story where um, at the end of blood on the altar you will actually be choosing i think from among the pool of sacrifices if there aren't uh enough in general or or if there are uh you have too many sacrifices or too many allies that have been put in or whatever you'll choose some of them and they'll just be removed from the campaign period so like you know it, you're, if it's like milan you just completely remove him and you cannot put him in your deck ever again so i think to that extent it's very spooky um and test four is not is a pretty big deal what do you guys think about it
1: so i mean we i, I think we all, may have all heard stories of how spooky it is for a, a particular everyone's favorite uh filthy hobo and his uh <laughs> and his loyal and his loyal hound uh who's the real oh, investigator yes. <laughs> uh where where this could uh this can uh, unlucky ashcan pete could get his uh duke scooped up not only having him not for the scenario but no potentially uh <laughs> getting him trashed for the entire campaign which uh usually means <laughs> ashcan probably has to retire <laughs> but in general i don't know this is like a this is like a pretty this is a very thematic and like very scary card for the risk of your awesome ally getting trash for like the rest of the campaign, this is true, yeah. Uh, especially like I think when Dunwich was out, uh, I know like yellow like there wasn't as many allies, and I think like yellow uh, Seekers just had Milan or like library or research assistant or something. So usually right. had Milan. There was none of the yes. more interesting new allies. So it was like oh well, risking Milan. Green had like Leo, Peter, and yeah, and survivor had and, Peter, yeah. and it, those were all like named allies that you really don't want to lose. Additionally, you know, you had all the um the professors from Dunwich could also be guys that get right, kidnapped right. after all all the effort you put through saving them.
2: Yeah, Armitage and
1: Rice and all those guys. And this yeah. And this, this additionally like it makes it makes I think when the Gen Advances two guys get sacrificed instead of just the one. Right. So, like,
0: yeah. So it it adds it adds something else to the pool, but it also increases the number of things that are going to get permanently removed. So
1: so like right. uh, like a a shitty ally could get added to the pool, like a beat cop. Who cares? But... It's
0: this is it's definitely a hard one to evaluate, but uh...
2: I think like if we're looking at it, uh, and kind of one thing that I did want to say when we were talking about Immortal's Wrath, um, cards that you're saving Ward of Protection for, if you're thinking about these as, as kind of terrifying in terms of what you can ward and not because we all kind of agree that ward is one of the better cards to have in a deck like if if you can play ward normally you kind of want to just want to play two copies of the upgraded ward mostly um and that's the one that you can play to help your allies out um but this is definitely i think one of those cards that you would uh be waiting to use ward on you know because you kind of have that mentality when you go into scenarios
0: yeah, because you're often thinking about what's in the deck and you're thinking like, oh, I could ward this thing that's sort of bad, but no, there's this other card in there that's really scary. I want to save my ward or my forewarned or my test of will or whatever for that. So right. yeah, and I by that mark, this is definitely pretty scary. So yeah. where where does this go? So just just off the bat, do we think that this is scarier or less scary than Beyond the Veil? I think it's singularly scarier. I would say it's scary because the worst Beyond the Veil can do to you is kill you. And this could take away <laughs> Doctor Milan, which is worse, <laughs> which is worse for everybody. <laughs> or whatever your involved. other, whatever your like best ally is, that's like critical to your deck operating correctly.
2: I mean, yeah, it's like neutering your Seeker, right? Your Seeker's yeah. ability to do really anything,
0: or even just like I'm, I'm trying to think of other examples. But if you're using like Peter Sylvester, or even like that Yawtol combo, or yeah. something like that, there's just a mm-hmm. lot of other situations where this could be really bad. I would put this at the very least. I would put it above Beyond the Veil. Would we also want to put it above Deep Dark? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. this is scarier than Deep Dark. And then what yes. about Immortus Wrath? Is this scarier than that? I would say so. Like, the the, one, the only thing I would say is you do get a test for this, and you get a choice of two skills to use for it, and it's only a four instead of a five, which is House Wrath. I'd say put it below. Yeah, but... yeah, I would put this either number one or number two, like either above or below Immortus Wrath.
2: My rebuttal to that would be Immortus Wrath, you can also choose whether you want to take, like, two damage two horror and also discard or or di- like discard three
0: cards or something if you have that and don't have the life or whatever that, you can kind of play around it a little more That is true. Let's just do a really quick vote. Ben above or below Mordasrath? Uh below. Dane above or below? I would say above. I think I'm going to vote with Dane and say above. Um okay. but it, you know, it's I, they're, it kind of it kind of could go either way, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think I think there's definitely argument for both to be pretty pretty super
1: scary yeah uh already next card yeah we were talking about things that you want to ward uh next card we have here is a <laughs> oh, card known is, as is... ancient evils Evil. uh, if, if you've if you've played this game i think you might have come across this card uh <laughs> this this is a corset card that pops up in many many scenarios uh you you draw it and you have to place a doom on the current agenda and it can cause the agenda to advance
0: and that's the important part yeah well one of them I wonder if this is the scenario that is the, the encounter card that is in the most scenarios in the game. I bet that it is because it's an encounter set all to itself, and it just shows up a lot.
2: It's this and that one card. What is it? Not grasping hands. Uh, the one where you see rotting
0: remains, or
2: yes, wasn't yeah. that also in um, printed in a couple of other sets
0: that didn't have the they reprinted it in a scenario yeah Yeah. but anyway back to back to ancient evils sorry ben what were you going to say about this one so ancient evils uh this is this is a pretty bad card
1: because it it costs your turn it costs your whole team a turn uh this -hmm. is something that we always like the ideal scenario we use one of those wards on uh and they've also um they've been getting a little more creative with ancient evils they've been adding cards that are kind of like ancient evils where it's like a choice between adding a doom that will advance or something else bad. Which I think we, we made a list of them here. Cards like Ancestral Fear, Conspiracy of Blood, Window to Another Time, and Ill Omen. Those all kind of fall under the Ancient Evils category. And I think some of those they started putting a peril on them to make it so so ward level two
0: wasn't quite as good. But which notably <laughs> uh, yeah. all of those all of those are from Forgotten Age, right? So that th- there was they? definitely this kind of yeah. I think they are. They um, are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like there was definitely. There was definitely this pattern of, instead of just putting Ancient Evils in half the scenarios, of designing a sort of alternate one that usually has peril on it and usually gives you some kind of horrible choice. Like, you can either put a Doom on the agenda like Ancient Evils or lose some of your progress so far towards whatever you're trying to do, which is usually at least as bad. So these are all pretty terrible because you're just losing a whole turn. And it also, it's not just losing a whole turn like, oh, well, we thought we had seven turns and now we have six. But if you look at some of these scenarios where you have a bunch of short little uh, acts or agendas like uh, Essex County Express, drawing this at the wrong time can just kill everybody because suddenly we thought we had two turns to get to the next train car and now we only have one. So this is a pretty scary one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, Ancient Evils I'm still scared of even, you know, two years into (laughs) playing this game. So I'd I'd probably put that at the top of this list right now.
0: The art (laughs) is also scary, right? Like it's just this big tentacle thing. That's, That's really scary. Oh, yeah? yeah, definitely, definitely good art. So I, we we all want to put this, I think, pretty close to the top, if not at the top. So right now, our number one is Kidnapped, and our number two is Immortoth's Wrath. I would definitely put this at least above Immortoth's Wrath, right?
2: I would put this above everything else, honestly. Right now, this is like the most taxing thing. Like just having one card say, "All right, players, lose nine actions," is essentially what you know
0: what I mean. Like compared to Kidnapped, there is the sense of like. Well, with kidnapped, uh, you could lose your ally for the entire rest of the of this of the campaign instead sure, of just sure. maybe like losing one scenario. But blood on the altar comes in the second half of Dunwich, right. so yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Ben? Above or below kidnapped? I think I would put it above.
1: I'm gonna, I would put above just because maybe it's just because okay. we see it more often. Uh.
0: It gets points for being like the classic scary encounter card that we've been dealing with for like two years now. So. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm
1: kind of expecting that in uh, like Return to Dunwich, there'll be some new version. There's definitely a new version of Ancient Evils in Return to Dunwich that'll probably be scarier. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Probably. will probably have some new version of to Kidnap, too, I'm thinking, that that's somehow even worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: Well, so. something something to look forward to. So right now, after looking at six of these treacheries, our list from scariest to least scary is Ancient Evils, Kidnapped, Umordhaw's Wrath, Deep Dark, Beyond the Veil, and Arrows from the Trees. Yeah, they all seem pretty scary. Yeah these are these are definitely the scary ones we really narrowed it down I think to the pretty scary ones. Uh the next one is terror from beyond. So this is the uh the Dunwich card it's a it's a peril and this is one of these sort of choice cards where you pick one of the three card types assets events or skills and then each other player uh, each player including you has to discard all of their cards of that type. And if if you draw two in the same round you basically just can't pick the same thing twice which would be one nice way around it. So I think this one, the reason that I thought this belonged on the list is because it's very scary depending on who else is in your group and what they're thinking of and what their goals are, and it makes you kind of scared of what your teammates are going to choose. Does that, do you guys agree?
1: Yeah, I agree. Because everyone, unless everyone's deck is like a skill-based deck or something, so you know, oh, well, no one has that. Mm. No one has events. You have to kind of have a good idea of like what other cards people have in their decks and like what they consider important versus what you can see in your hands and be able to make a decision based on just your hand. Cause maybe, you know, your guardian has furious been trying to dr- furiously even trying to draw for we- a weapon. Uh, yeah. and they, they, haven't played that weapon yet. Uh, you don't know if maybe they managed to draw it last turn. Uh, you have no assets in your hand, so you could put pick at pick, pick, pick assets and not hurt yourself, but maybe your guardian's going to be very mad at you. <laughs> and then, uh, right, and then when a monster is right, right. on
0: your face, she'll be uh, a little sad. So
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky. By little, he means a lot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because definitely, for instance, like guardians, a lot of times will kind of like stock up skill cards for when they need to fight the big boss at the end. So it's very common to like have two vicious blows in your hand and Mm -hmm. be waiting for the right time to use them. Or if you're a seeker, you might just have, um, there's obviously like higher education is a concern, but you also might just be like holding on to a couple, I've got a plans. So there's things like that where people might want to hang on to stuff. Um, and of course it's apparel, so you can't actually just talk to people. You have to make the choice to yourself. So that's the big part. Yeah. And it, and it really can screw you pretty badly if you, if you lose like the weapon that you really needed or the event that you really needed or something like that. Like the ceiling on how bad it can be is probably not as bad as some of these other cards, but it's definitely can really throw a wrench in the works.
2: I agree. Yeah. For that reason, I might like kind of place it a little lower than like the super, super scary ones, but I agree. Like most of the time. Like I mean if you get it kinda of early after everybody you see that everybody's got all their allies down and they've uh, equipped all their weapons and things, um, you can kind of be safe with asset, but maybe again there's that your your one friend who hasn't drawn the weapon or hasn't drawn Peter or something and they're looking to play him next turn and then like you say asset and they, they just dump
1: everything <laughs> they know and love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um I'm, I would think on the list, I'd put this maybe above or below Deep Dark, like right right in the middle there. What do you guys think? That
2: seems reasonable. I'd say one below it
1: is what I would say.
0: I Yeah, I could even be convinced to put it below Beyond the Veil. Same. No, Same. just just because um, Beyond the Veil is, it's like scarier than it's actually bad. And this is also, I think, scarier than it's actually bad. But I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? It gives you the choice,
2: I think, is the big thing. And if it were like a 50-50 choice... It would be worse, but I think that, that like, if you're fighting a big guy, usually you want to keep your skills, your assets are pretty irrelevant. Because
1: there's a choice, it's scarier because you're scared of making the wrong (laughs)
0: choice. Uh, Yeah. And, and and I think, yeah, because it's scary if someone else draws it because they might draw the thing that hurts you. And it's scary if you draw it because you might screw things up for other people. Personally, right now, if you look at the list, I think that the line, Deep dark almost always is annoying. Like there's pretty much no time you draw deep dark yeah. where you're like, "Oh, that's fine." Beyond the veil a lot <laughs> of times is fine. So to me that, that that's the dividing line between something that is like always bad or always scary when you draw it should probably be considered worse than beyond the veil, and something like this that is sometimes pretty much fine should be like below deep dark.
1: Yeah. Sure. I I note that like in the, at least those two cases like deep dark is probably way less scary for solo as is this card. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, good point. Good point. And we're, but we're definitely we're definitely looking at this more from like two to four player. Like that's usually what we
0: do. Yeah, it's hard to evaluate for solo because it's very different. So above or below beyond the veil? Are we are we kind of like thinking one of those two choices? Yeah, I'd go above if we're voting. Dane, I I I'd, I'd put it above too. I'd probably go above also. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we'll put that above beyond the veil and below deep dark.
2: Cool. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. It I is. Think that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, next card. So the next one is Yellow Sign. The Yellow Sign. Uh, this is from um, the Forgotten Age. No, I'm kidding. This is from Carcos, obviously. Um,
1: no, it's from the, the
2: uh, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. You're right. <laughs> now I sound like a tremendous Ooh. idiot. <laughs> oh, God. I was trying to be all fancy. Anyway, so it is a revelation test for will. If you fail, take two horror, like I just did, and search your deck for a Madness weakness. Draw that card and shuffle your deck. This, to me, was one of the more terrifying things uh, to draw. In the in where where it was where you could draw it, it was one of the ones that was usually on my mind. Or when when I first drew it, it would it was like you know it set off all of the alarms and was like I don't want to shuffle another Madness weakness into my deck.
0: What do you guys think? uh but you're not shuffling it into your deck you're see to me this one isn't that scary just because you're probably going to draw that card anyway so it's just making you draw it sooner than you would
1: yeah i agree i don't think it's too bad oh, sure, sure, especially because sure, sure. you can avoid it with a will test yeah uh it's, it's a will four which is you know a higher higher test but it's not 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 that bad and you might not even have a weakness in your deck or a madness in your deck rather
0: yeah, although I think, isn't um, Lost Soul a madness, maybe? And yes, it is. I th- and I think at least a couple of the scenarios that have this in them, everybody has Lost Soul by then. Yeah. But yeah, and even then, Lost Soul is not a particularly horrifying uh, weakness. So yeah, for me, this one would go pretty low, just because you can mitigate it with a will test. The two horrors kind of bad, but it's probably fine. And you might not have a madness, and even if you do, you might have just been about to draw it anyway.
1: If we're, if we're putting it on the list, I'd say maybe put it on the bottom of our list right now. Unless you had something else,
0: Dane. That seems fair.
2: I I, I definitely put it below arrows from, the tre- arrows from the trees.
0: Yeah, I I would put it either below or above arrows from the trees. And if you guys think below, I'm fine with below.
2: Seems fine. I think it definitely deserves a spot just because it does something unique in that it draws a madness, and sometimes that can be kind of relevant and scary, like for, with, for the with the lost soul example.
0: Yeah, and and even if I mean even if it was test four will or take two horror, like that wouldn't be a super bad encounter card, but it's not nothing either. Like that's something. Right. So right, cool. Uh, next one. Who wants to do the next one? Right. Uh, next one is uh mask. <laughs> oh, ben Mordov. gets to do
1: again. and gets happen? to do all the immortal cards. <laughs> you randomized this list, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so this is a this is a new card from Return to the Night of the Zealot. Um, I think it's from the set that like replaces the the cultists, the regular cultists. Yeah. Yep. This card, uh, you draw it, you attach it to the farthest cultist enemy, and place a doom on that enemy. Uh, and if there's no cultist, you spawn one, and attach the, attach the mask to it, and then you that that enemy gets two extra health, and if it's unique, it gets retaliate. If it's not unique, it gets aloof. Both of which are are very annoying for those two things. So this yeah. uh this makes those like cultists that have like one health, uh of which which there are in the scenarios this pops up much harder to deal with. Very annoying. <laughs> and it also makes the the ones that you want to kill like in midnight masks uh <laughs> a lot harder to deal with as well. this this one's (laughs) this one's pretty brutal i think it's pretty scary i was trying to look i was just looking at the art of like this dude wearing some type of skull on his face
2: yeah he's like a baby goop priest see yeah it's kind of adorable i'm
1: actually trying to figure out what's on the sign behind him does it say fireworks or something uh, this is way off topic. <laughs> but, but, um, but I think it's books, something books.
2: Oh, that's books are that's, the scariest that's thing of like all. Fire books, like the colloquialism from Wait, today.
0: Fire books? Oh no. Um, no, it's, yeah. it's whatever. <laughs> so, what, what do you guys um, think of this? This the like the kids' cultist. <laughs> it's it's very scary because probably what it does <laughs> is it turns a one health or it turns a one health one doom cultist that you can just ping or kill with like anything, into a three health two doom cultist that is aloof. So now it's something that instead of like running to its location and hitting it once and it dies, now it's basically like two turns to get rid of it and it's got two doom on it. I mean, it's like all the doom things that don't actually make the thing advance where if you get it at the right time, it might not be that bad, but most of the time it's going to be something that you really have to take seriously. Yeah, exactly.
2: Two doom is kind of that sweet spot, right? Like where it's like, it's not enough. It's just enough for you to care about it. You know, just enough, like... For you to say, okay, I actually need to go kill that pretty soon, because you don't have much time.
0: And by adding the two health, it just takes away... The, it, it really uh, Something with three health and aloof is just so much more annoying to deal with. I mean, I guess it's very yeah. dynamitable, is is one thing. There, but... there
2: aren't many things that aren't dynamitable in this world, then.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's also <laughs>
1: well, uh, which you might have at this point, depending, what, depending on your deck.
0: Hmm.
1: I was going to say, this is a card that is probably a target for... You know, war protection or something. Sometimes I'd say so too.
0: Yeah, I, I think when this is in the deck, you would you would ex- be extremely happy if you were ever able to ward this card, unless it was in the rare scenario where it's like, oh, there's one cultist that's on my location that I was about to kill anyway, and it's fine. That's probably not going to happen very often. So,
2: so where do we throw this on the list? Do you think? Well, above or below ancient evils?
0: Uh, I I'd think say it's definitely below. Low. I'm yeah, sure. I think just because it doesn't immediately advance the the agenda, so below yeah. ancient evils, um, what about uh, let's say deep dark? Probably worse than deep dark, right? Yeah, I was gonna, I was thinking between wrath and deep dark. Yeah, seems seems suitable. What do you what do you think?
2: I was thinking between deep dark and terror,
0: maybe. I would. Huh, I actually might want to put this above Umorthoth's wrath.
2: I'm just trying to think of the, the times where you're all almost done with the scenario anyway so you don't really matter it doesn't really you know it doesn't it doesn't scream
0: so i no wanted so, so right now the top like 5 are ancient evils kidnapped morth's wrath deep dark and terror from beyond i mm. wanted to put it at number 3 above morth's wrath and you guys wanted to put it above number 4 above number 5 so what if we just put it above number 4 and it it's kind of like the average of those 3 sounds good sure so, sure so we'll put it below morth's wrath but above deep dark okay cool
2: Mordaffy Mordaff,
0: taking up three and four, huh? Yeah, he's a scary, uh he's a scary thing. A scary um, wall of flesh. Next one, Spires of Carcosa. So this is the one where it gets attached to your current location and you put two Doom on that location, and you can investigate, and instead of discovering a clue, you can remove one Doom, and then once the Doom is gone, the card goes away. So it's, you know, it's more Doom than Ancient Evils. It's, it's a lot of Doom suddenly, but it doesn't actually make the agenda advance, and you kind of have a way to deal with it if you're able to investigate.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is yeah. a card that we always think about warding if it's at a very inconvenient time, but otherwise it's just like whoever's good at investigating can like clean it up
0: um, pretty easily. It does feel like a lot of times, it's pretty rare, it's actually going to cost you two turns. Very often it comes out and it's only going to actually cost you one at most or zero.
2: The other thing about this card is the encounter or the, the the scenarios in which it is in. So one of the ones is the first one, which has a strange thing where you can keep resetting the acts or the the agendas. So that kind of lessens or, or um, uh, you know softens the blow of aspires like popping next turn because you're you're. Uh, Murder man is usually probably pretty fine with coming and murdering the the big scary guy again, or and I think the next one is in Paris, right? It's also in Paris, or is it in? Um, it's in it's Carcosa. a good point.
0: I I know it's in Phantom of Truth. Um, yeah, this is Phantom this is actually in several Carcosa scenarios. I think this is in at least three or four of them. Um, I think it's three, yeah.
2: Maybe and, 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 and some and, of them it's
0: worse than others. But. Well, and in Phantom of Truth, there's two versions. If you get the version where the guy is chasing you, and you just have to survive for three nights, then this is pretty annoying because the doom counts against right. what you're trying to do. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think, Ben?
1: It's it, it's annoying, but uh, there's I think there's ways to deal with it, and it's timing based.
0: Although one thing I would say is we've had these games sometimes where we're we're playing with like three players, and we're really relying on like Akachi to get clues with Rite of Seeking. And that obviously doesn't work here. Things like uh, like right. lockpicks doesn't work. It's one of these things where you have to actually do just like a plain investigate action that is on this card. You can't use things like lockpicks or uh, look what I found or anything like that. So yeah. that does limit you if you're trying to get around having like an actual seeker that has high intellect. Then this is kind of tougher to deal with.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. We usually I agree. I agree. Usually have a seeker so.
0: Yeah, but I I'm I'm with you guys. I would still put it sort of probably in the bottom half of our list. Like I I think I would put this probably above Beyond the Veil. Still, I just I'm I'm really not very scared of Beyond the Veil. I think
1: that's because you always play Mark and he has enough. It's buffers true. To yeah, play. I was gonna
0: say maybe no just Mark. Well, it it. but Mark is also guaranteed to draw his whole deck. So I mean. <laughs> I don't know if I've played Mark Through Dunwich yet, actually. I can't remember. Um no I know I, I didn't I would put it below once. Beyond the Veil, I would say you
1: have, but it was when it was when you still played used True Grit in him, so it was
0: like Yeah, really I'm awesome. definitely off of True Grit now. Um but maybe I'd put it back for Carcosa. <laughs> right.
1: I, I think between well, Terror from Beyond and Beyond the Veil is, is okay. Or or somewhere around Terror from Beyond. I was gonna say
2: one below it, like just below Beyond the Veil and just above arrows from the trees, because it's spooky, but
0: sometimes it's just not really relevant. Ben, do you wanna split the difference? What which of those do you like better?
1: Didn't, didn't he just, didn't Dane just agree with me? Didn't he just say between beyond and above between terror from beyond and above beyond the veil or did I miss here?
0: I, so the way I was reading it was I wanted to put it above beyond the veil. You wanted, and Dane wanted to put it below beyond the veil. Is that Uh, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I was saying
1: above that we we have two cards that were beyond on it. I got got myself confused. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Terror from beyond, Um, beyond the veil. This game's really, this game's really challenging. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, uh, Cool. Um, so just to recap really quickly. So we have 10 ranked now from the scariest to least scary. Ancient Evils, Kidnapped, Umordhoth's Wrath, The Mask of Umordhof, Deep Dark, Terror from Beyond, Spires of Carcosa, Beyond the Veil, Arrows from the Trees, and The Yellow Sign. Uh, what's, our, what's our next card?
2: So our next card is The Secret Must Be Kept. Uh, this is a card from The Forgotten Age, uh, I believe from Threads of Fate. Mm-hmm. Um. so this is a scheme uh, it's a peril card so your friends can't help you uh, revelation test three will if you fail take one damage and one horror that doesn't sound so bad <laughs> well funny you should say that dan oh because for each act deck the investigators have completed the skill test gets plus one difficulty and deals plus one damage and plus one horror if it is failed so how is that relevant in the threads
1: so I mean, there's three, there's three act decks and threads. That's its whole thing, right? Oh which yeah, is yeah. A, one of the only things that makes that one a, a pretty cool scenario. So it's like a, the the and your goal is to try to get complete all three act decks. So the further you are along that goal, the worse this card is. Like it gets all the way up to a a five five difficulty willpower for three damage and three horror, which is pretty scary. And your friends can't help you because it's a apparel. Yes.
0: I think that's why it was on our shortlist is just because if you do have two acts finished already, it's just the numbers on it are extremely scary and it's apparel. Yes. Like that's pretty likely to either kill you or put you very close to being killed uh, either, either on damage or horror.
2: Yeah. It's not even like the, the test is static three, right? Cause it, it goes up to like a test of five <laughs> yeah, and then you take three damage and three high hi Finn. Horrifying.
1: <laughs> how's, how's it going, buddy? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's also a card that like makes you think about maybe maybe we don't want to advance all three of the or you know the first two acts. We could try to wait, uh, wait it out a bit because there's this card and there's a couple other things in that scenario. I think that uh, make the scenario harder as the more acts you complete. So I, I think for that reason, it's it's a, it's a good good scary card. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think that for this and other reasons, the the good strategy for threads of fate is try to get all three of the acts very close to being done and then finish them like all at the same time. Like try yeah. not to actually. Try not to actually complete any of them before you absolutely need to. So this is definitely a scary card, but I would say it's a little bit less scary because there's a pretty straightforward way of of uh, preventing it from being super bad, yeah, as long as proud. you know how Threads of Fate works and you're prepared for it. But like your fir- first playthrough, you
1: might not be ready for that, so... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's
0: true. Like I can definitely I can definitely picture this killing a lot of people that are playing threads of fate for the first time. Oh yeah, for sure. I
2: think sometimes you do see it coming though, like when just right when you begin somebody might draw it and be like, "Oh, this is this is scary, so maybe we have to approach this differently." But just that act. If you're like paying attention
0: to the cards that other people draw and you're like really remembering things then yeah. So just just ballpark trying to narrow it down where we would put this. Is this scarier or less scary than terror from beyond? I think
1: it, I think it's more scary. I was gonna put it closer to Umordoth's wrath. I don't know. That's true. This is pretty similar to Umordoth's wrath. What do you think, Dane? It is similar to
2: Umordoth's wrath. Uh, that is true. Yeah, I actually think it might go right under Umordoth's Mordhoth, wrath, right between Mask and and the Wrath.
0: Yeah, I could see. I I think I would put it either right above or below Mask of Umordoth, and I don't really care which one i think sounds like put it above that seems good Seems good to me yeah okay. let's, let's toss it in there just cool. if not just to split up the omordas so we'll put that at number five right now below the secret that must be care uh, below mordas wrath and above mask of mordas uh cool
1: all right so um so next next card uh frozen in fear uh this is a, a another core set card that pops up a lot and as we mentioned it's, it was also reprinted as a card in phantom of truth for some reason Yes. Because yes. like, I don't, I don't know. If but yeah, so this card, um, you put it into play in your third area. And the first time you do a move, fight, or evade action each round, it costs an extra action. And then at the end of your turn, you can test Will 3 to discard it if you succeed. So this card, uh, basically when you draw, uh, it's very likely to cost you an action unless you're just staying in the same location the whole round, which sometimes sometimes that is how, how it works out. But most of the time it, Man, just to come out right when you need to fight a big boss um, or run away from a big boss. <laughs> um, so,
0: yeah, uh, this, is, this is another one of those will cards that can be pretty crippling if you don't have a way to deal with it. Yeah, And crippling is the right word because this isn't going to kill you, probably. And it's probably not going to, on its own, make you lose the scenario. But it feels very bad and it can be very hard to get rid of if you don't have high will. And it just, makes, it just makes playing feel a lot worse because it tends to stick around for a long time.
2: Exactly. And I think like just by the mere fact that this like not invalidates, but like makes a couple of investigators really sad. I think that it definitely earns its spot on our rankings just because of the fact that, uh, you know, I know that there's all this this uh, all these wonderful people who love Finn and some people who want to stick it out with skids. I think that they are the two who are, um, are primarily affected by how crippling this is.
0: And it's, yeah, and I've even, even somebody that has decent will, I've had it happen where, you know, you're playing somebody like, um, I don't know, like Zoe or somebody that has like pretty decent will, and you, you're you like, okay, this is really bad, I'm going to commit a guts to it, and then you draw like a minus five or tentacles, and you're like, oh, cool, I just spent my guts, now I have this thing, now I don't have a right. guts to commit next turn, right. I'm going to be dealing with this for like four turns now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah th- this one, I mean, I think you could definitely say that it's more like feel bad than it is dangerous, but it, it's, I think it's both.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. It, they did at least add. They've added some more cards to deal with it because uh, it's, it's a terror, like logical reasoning. Or, oh yeah, that's a right card, right? Yeah, that's yes. yeah. That's true. That's a great way to deal with this card. So I think it became has become less scary, but it's because of this card. That's like, oh, I need to have logical reasoning. This one and. uh no, it's this one, isn't it? This, this is the Logical Reasoning for one. Finn, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Finn players, put this in your deck. Even then, you have to draw the Logical Reasoning. You have to have a clue to play it, and it costs like two. Like, it's still pretty... Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're jumping through a lot of hoops to get rid of this. It's the, tough. The, the best comparison among our list to this card that I can think of is Deep Dark, because it slows you down without really actually hurting you. But this one is more specifically targeted at one investigator, and it's much worse for some than others. Whereas, Deep Dark is kind of sort of bad for everybody. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Should this go like not necessarily right above or right below, but is, should this go above or below Deep Dark?
1: I would say below, and I'd say below Terraform Beyond. Like put it put it at Spire's Lycosa level, because it's Spire's Lycosa, as we said, was kind of another one that's like depending on your setup, uh, which investigators you're playing, it could be not as bad. I would think? almost put it above
2: Deep Dark. Yeah, I feel like it's almost Deep Dark for like, especially because normally, like in a group of two, you might only have one person who's really good at fighting things. It's almost like Deep Dark, but just for the the person who's trying to ki- kill things, right? Like.
0: Yeah, see, I i mean, it really depends how you're evaluating these. The main metric I'm using is when I'm drawing my encounter card for the turn, what do I really not want to see? And like, how exactly. bummed out am I to see a card? And I'm always yeah. extremely bummed out to see Frozen in Fear. Even if I'm playing Agnes with really high will, then it's like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna lose one action probably. But for a lot of characters, it's just like, oh, great, I'm gonna be dealing with this for a long time. So I would, yeah, and sometimes it like invalidates
2: entire turn, right? Some like if you're trying to move twice or something and then hit something or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. So and you like you really don't want to have it up when you're either trying to escape something or like fight the big guy where you have to fight. You have to spend three actions fighting. I would put this probably above Deep Dark and below Mask of the Mordhoff, But yeah, same. That's that's where I was thinking. Is yeah. that is that okay with you, Ben? Can you get yeah. behind that? Or? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I can get behind it. Okay, um, so we'll put that at uh, number six just below mask of the and right above deep dark
2: yeah definitely does have like almost a keanu reeves doppelganger over there too (laughs) i enjoy seeing it for that reason oh yeah (laughs) Uh, that's a pretty
0: good one okay so we're getting to the end we just have a few cards left let's talk about poisonous spores so poisonous spores uh this one is it gets attached to your location at the end of the round, everybody there who is poisoned takes two horror. Everybody there who is not poisoned gets poisoned, and then it gets discarded. So this is from Forgotten Age. Uh, specifically, I guess it's from Heart of the Elders. But it feels like it. it's from two scenarios, because it pops up in, I think, both of the um, Heart of the Elders scenarios. So. Yes. And this one, I think, it's maybe it doesn't seem that bad on its own, because you think, oh, you can just move away from it. But both of those scenarios in Heart of the Elders, you start off with a single location, and you have to explore to find more. So we've had it happen where you draw this very early before you've been able to explore other locations, and then there's like a frantic rush to get off the location before everybody <laughs> yeah. gets poisoned. And there's also other cards, too, that are in the deck when this is in the deck, which prevent you from moving for other reasons. Yes. And in general, we, getting poisoned feels really bad. You really don't want to get poisoned. So I think that that's why this is another one that might be scarier than it actually is bad, but I think it's pretty scary.
2: Yeah, I also think in that, in, in specifically uh, Heart of the Elders uh, part two, or maybe part one, there are some locations where it kind of directs that the investigators need to be standing on to mm-hmm. resolve a specific thing. So I think that in that respect, too, it's 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 kind of apt in that it's it's just really annoying to deal with sometimes. Like, you almost sometimes want to ward this.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think there's, there it's not like the worst card, but it is something that you're, there's going to be times where you're pretty happy to ward this. Definitely puts the H
2: in Hazard. <laughs> oh and the art is also really gross and and
0: great i think it's pretty gross yeah what do you what do you think about this card ben uh
1: yeah I, I basically agree with you guys assessment uh the art i do when you say the art is gross you
0: mean it's like cool gross right
2: yeah oh yeah it's like smoky smoky yeah, okay. death onions
0: yeah no i like, I like it um uh, yeah it somehow makes me sorry to interrupt do you remember the what was that toy where you would like bake gummy worms in some kind of like a toy <laughs> oven thing like an easy that everybody had when they were kids no a... no there was like easy bake oven but for boys and it was like you make disgusting gummy <laughs> oh, creatures no. out of bugs that you then eat uh, oh I'm really you're mad. right i'm really mad you're i can't right. remember the name of this it's like a
2: weird like halloweeny kind of a
0: like mad scientist kind of vibe Not, yeah. 90s kids remember this toy like yeah oh, but uh anyway sorry what, what were we saying then yeah. this is that Matt Newman, just, thank you for that. I got very distracted by because
1: <laughs> I, I I remember like the commercial for this now, uh, but I can't remember. Yeah, what it's it was called. like it was
0: like creepy crawlies or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, creepy crawlies. Okay, yeah. I think you,
2: you I think you nailed it right <laughs> on
1: the head. All right, so yeah, no, uh, the, the, this card is, is is scary. It's definitely scary because uh, uh, that first scenario teaches you to be very scared of poisons if you if you didn't bring enough medicine, and being poisoned during scenarios is sometimes bad. So yeah. It's a, it's a spooky card if we're looking if we want to move on to
0: the putting on the list i kind of think it's lower on our list
1: yeah like i think like
2: maybe
0: near spires for me yeah i the other two that fall into the category of kind of scarier than they actually are bad are like terror from beyond and beyond the veil so i would mm. put it somewhere in the neighborhood of those and spires is right between those so yeah it's it. spires is fine yeah yeah same I'd agree. Yeah, I'd, I guess I'd put it under Spires. And and again, I'm really fine putting just about anything above Beyond the Veil. So <laughs> cool. So we'll we'll put this at number 10 below Spires of Carcosa and above Beyond the Veil.
2: Yeah, I'd say that's fair.
0: Uh, down to just a couple left. Next card. Oh, man. Next card we have is Torturous
2: Chords. <laughs> This is a revelation. It's a hex and a terror from a very specific scenario in uh, Carcosa. This is the one with the spooky organ man. I can never remember the name of where you're in Paris.
1: The organist? The spooky organ man? <laughs> yeah, the, or- the
2: spooky organ man. Um, <laughs> not like organs like internal organs, but organs like instrumental organs. Anyways, it's a revelation. Test of will five. If you fail, put torture scores into play and in your thread area with one resource on it for each point you failed by. Each time you play a card, increase the cost of that card by one and remove one resource from Torturous Courts. Torturous Courts has no resources. Discard it. What do we think, guys?
1: Well, this card, I I like this card thematically because whenever someone draws it and, and doesn't succeed at the test, we immediately put on um, loud yeah. organ music. Uh, yeah, that's,
0: that's what's really scary about it is whenever somebody draws it, we immediately put on really loud, like, Toccata and Fugue and whatever, that famous, like, scary organ music and uh
2: it's uncompromising and brutal
0: really as loud as we can get away with depending on where we're playing um <laughs> yes but uh but
1: <laughs> as to say mechanically though even if you only fail the test by one or two it's a it's a test that like it's not that bad if you fail by one or two but it's still definitely annoying and it is also very fun when one one investigator group manages to draw like all three of these <laughs> Oh Oh, man! And then you just crank that.
0: Oh, it's (laughs) crank that organ music. It's happened. (laughs) Crank that organ, boy. It's also it's another (laughs) really fun. Hey, Finn, card. You know. Yes. Test five is nothing to scoff at either. That's higher than like
2: ninety five percent of the investigators' will, like base will.
0: But I think I mean that's the thing, right? Is it's basically for every, it's basically for each point you succeed by lose one resource, but just like deferred into the future. Yeah, and not even that bad, because sometimes you don't even need it. In that sense, it's really just not that scary. One thing to keep in mind, though, is playing a card includes, we tend to think of it as like uh, assets, but this includes events too, right? So even something like Drawn to the Flame that has like zero cost would cost one if you had this card out.
2: (laughs) Or three if you have three
0: out. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, there you go. Yeah, yeah, but I I definitely think this belongs closer to the bottom end of our scariness power rankings. I agree,
2: I agree. If not, the bottom.
0: I think I'm still... I would probably put this above the yellow sign, at least, and I think I would put it below Arrows from the Trees. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, that sounds good to me. That sounds a rub, right? Yeah. I think we mostly put this card in our list of stuff because
0: cause we like the, like the organ music. Because oh, I just yeah, wanted... Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted it's an dramatic, opportunity okay. to edit in some organ music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we couldn't do it with the shadow behind yeah. you because uh, that doesn't make any sound. So no, oh, no, it's, very, no. it's very
0: quiet. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Well, anyway, which so, is also an honorable mention.
0: So we'll put that at number thirteen, below arrows from the trees and above the yellow sign. I agree. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the last card we had on our uh, our short list here was corrosion, which is from Carcosa. It's from the decaying filth encounter set, so it pops up a few times in a few different scenarios. ooh yeah and uh what happens is uh revelation discard item assets from play or from your hand with a total printed cost of at least x or x is the shroud value of your location and if you don't discard any cards from this effect it gains surge so uh this one this one's scary for a couple reasons to me uh there's definitely a lot of places in kakosa where you're on a location with like three or four shroud and if you draw this that's probably one of your good assets uh it might be two of them um, or even worse, maybe you're playing an ally, uh, someone that has like very cheap assets, only costs one or zero or two, and this can make you trash all that stuff, which feels real bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, keep in mind it's only item assets, though, right? It's not all assets. Well, yeah, that could, that could still be like grotesque statue. Bye bye. You know, like that feels like most bad. weapons are items, right? Oh, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. that's like the most relevant thing, but also just things like um, pictured on the art, like necklaces and you know boots or whatever, and pretty much any <laughs> most physical things are items, right? So this is actually very true, and especially if you're just trying to keep weapons on the field so that you can fight things, this really makes that tough. Oh, so this is definitely something that. You end up warding for other people if you can. Dan, I think, it definitely often. never feels bad. They're not even safe in your hand.
1: Has this ever made you discard Sophie? Uh, she's an item, isn't she? Yeah, she definitely is.
2: I was about to ask that, but I she, thought it was She's not a permanent
1: item. That
0: could definitely make you discard Sophie, couldn't it? Is it? I mean, she's cost zero. Yeah. She, no, she doesn't cost zero. She does not have a cost. Oh. Uh, uh, maybe that's it so there is a on on the whatever it says can you discard clasp of black onyx or realm of badness if you can't reach the discard threshold of the cards in hand no I, okay sounds like that's a more complicated uh, thing but no I, I don't think you can discard things like that but maybe who knows yeah it is double sided so it couldn't get shuffled in your deck eh.
2: it is pretty uh, rough yeah.
1: but I, I like the art on this card too that shows like the gun slowly rusting away uh,
0: it is a nice perspective yeah for a really long time, I thought that this was like a coffin. Like, if you're just kind of looking at the handle of it, it kind of looks like a coffin somehow. But uh <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I think that, but... the part that's extra spooky that kind of elevates it above a couple of the things on our list, I think, just right away, is that they're not even, like, safe in your hand, right? As I was kind yeah. of saying before, they're like... If you have things in your hand and you haven't even played them yet, you still have to dump them. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that for me, this kind of fits both categories where it's scary like Frozen in Fear, but it also is pretty bad most of the time. Like, if we're thinking about where to put it on the list, I would probably put this above Frozen in Fear because you don't even get a test, right? I'd say maybe
2: even above Mask,
0: it's really hard because this and mask are very different, and they're scary for very different reasons yeah yeah i I think I would still be inclined to put mask above this hmm. because this one is like you have multiple weapons in your deck you you can you know just try to be careful and you'll probably be okay so i would I would put this at number six like below mask and above frozen in fear, but I could definitely be convinced to put it higher or lower
1: no, I'd agree with you, Dan, but putting it number six makes sense.
0: is that okay with you, Dan, or do you really want it below oh uh, yeah no it is it is pretty bad like. And
2: it's even the alternative thing that happens I think is definitely worse than Resident Fear, whereas I think Frozen Fear you just take damage.
1: It's worth noting that this also like combos with the other card and it's a counter set. That's the ooz and filth yes. Makes the shrouds all yeah. plus one for the round. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, and there's also I mean, there's definitely I think that this is in um The Last King, isn't it? The second Carcosa scenario. Yeah. And I know that I know that there's like that main location right at the center there that's uh that's Shroud Five. Mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like just nasty stuff that can happen so yeah and
2: on top of that when you move there you like reveal the top card of the deck and, yeah, draw and it if could it's be an enemy or something could, and then you just get all your stuff <laughs>
0: melted and it's great yeah should we run through the ranking now where, where we put everything
2: yeah so just to kind of finalize everything we've got a we've got all the rankings starting with uh number one to 15
0: well yeah let's go from least scary to most scary just to make it dramatic and cool um oh dramatics are great yeah yeah do you want to do you want to read it Dane?
2: So uh, 15, we've got the yellow sign. Uh, 14, we've got torturous cords. Arrows uh, from the trees is our 13, uh, as well as its kind of counterparts. 12 is beyond the veil. 11 is poisonous spores. 10 is spires from of carcosa. Nine is terror from beyond. Eight is deep dark. Seven, we've got frozen in fear. Uh, Corrosion is number six. Mask of Umordoth is number five. Four is The Secret Must Be Kept. Three is Umordoth's Wrath. Uh, Taking up number two is Kidnapped. And our most scary, uh, most awardable thing that we have on this list is the classic Ancient Evils. And then all of the other effects that add Doom uh, that are absolutely awful and you want to ward every chance you get.
0: As as expected, I think that was yes. it was pretty pretty it was a pretty safe bet that that was going to end up on top of the list. Well,
1: the, they are ancient evils.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there there you go. They're very old and they're and they're evil. That's pretty scary. So yeah, I I think that's a pretty good list, and it's 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 hard to rank these directly, but I think we I think we came up with something that more or less makes sense.
2: Yeah, you know, kind of like to wrap up the list too. I was gonna like make some
0: comparisons, some
2: really stretching it comparisons to like Christmas and how it's cold out, so frozen and fears really, out and stuff. Definitely really, decided not to do that though, and I'm very. Thank you, thank you, Dane. These are the gifts. These are the
1: gifts that the mythos gives. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Dane's exactly. gift
0: is Dane's gift to all of us is not carrying <laughs> forth that analogy any further. Oh man,
2: we could definitely put in some some super adorable christmas music to go along with torturous chords Come you guys on. remember
0: this episode's coming out like two days after christmas right listen
1: also not everyone not everyone celebrates christmas you know it's yeah lots, exactly lots yeah yeah even yeah, though yeah, i Dan. guess Kithubo Mythos is very tied to christianity uh because favorite investigator is definitely zoe who's definitely very christian mm. but but and mateo yeah. and mateo mateo oh, yeah also mateo but, no i mean but yeah uh anyway that was our list yeah
2: so tell me, what do you all think about our list? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Were there some cards that you wish were included? Were there some cards that you thought were good to be included? Let us know at Radio at gmail.com We're more than curious to hear what you guys think. Uh, and thanks again to everybody who entered the Blackest Friday contest uh, put on by our innkeeper, uh, Odin. And congratulations again to our winner, Sebastian. Uh, you can see our winner and uh, honorable mentions on our blog at Radio at dot blogspot.com. and I did just want to uh, throw in a, a big shout out to the innkeeper Vais Odin. Uh Vais none of this would have been possible without you so thank you so much for everything uh, you really tied everything together and uh, made everybody's uh, holidays wonderful I'm sure that's it guys for today and thank you very much for listening until next time